0: This is episode 59 of the Movie Bite podcast, where we discuss, praise, lament, or lampoon movies, TV shows, and more. Today is Wednesday, September 4th, 2013. I'm your host, TJ, and here with me, straight from the Secret Service, the MI5, where they watch your every move, is Chad Hopkins. How are you, Chad? I'm doing all right, but you're not supposed
1: to tell people that.
0: Well, you, you'll probably have to kill me now, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Watch your back. <clears throat> so, uh, how have you been? I've been busy, but I, I'm doing well. You've been sleeping. I I take it. I, I have to <laughs> yes. talk, I have to talk about this on the air. I just I have to mention it. You know, okay. I, I can't can't let it go.
1: I I guess I could accept that.
0: Okay. I mean, it was all by <laughs> myself last week. Not not that I'm keeping track or anything. Just, no. <clears throat> no, actually, I'm a little bit. Uh, I've got a little bit of a head cold. I, I might sound a little bit congested. <clears throat> I must be the sickest person I know. Uh, I, I, I just, you know, it doesn't seem like that long ago since I have a had a had a head cold, and now I've got one again. And I've been I've been taking vitamin C, like and taking emergency, and trying to keep from getting it. Like even before I thought I might be getting one. So uh, we have. Oh, by the way, we have today in the chat room. Joe is in the chat room, and he's uh, he's telling me how mean I am for. Uh, <laughs> yes, Jody, you were here. Jody was here for me last week in the chat room. So uh, it's, it's all good. It's all good. Um, but uh yeah, so anyway. I I don't suppose you have any excuses like having a head cold or anything.
1: Uh not really. I mean, I am a little congested today, but I I'm I I have no excuse for last week.
0: Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I guess this, this is the way things go. We should move on. We re, we really should move on, but but you know, I was all by myself last week. <laughs> okay. Why don't we why don't we talk about some uh, some trailers? In a- In a world. All right, so this week we have a trailer from 47 Ronin, a Japanese trailer. Uh, We have a Riddick featurette. Uh, We have a Thor extended, uh, a Thor the Dark World extended TV spot, and an interview with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast. Uh, And uh, we have a couple of trailers from Rush. Uh, And these aren't new, these just I haven't talked about them before, I haven't posted about them before. And we have the Keanu Reeves. trailer edition uh, man of tai chi and 47 ronin so let's dive in here with the 47 ronin japanese uh, trailer and uh, here's a little bit of that
1: when a crime goes unpunished the world is unbalanced
0: the heavens look down on us in shame. now the time has come So that's uh, the 47 Ronin trailer. It's going to come out on Christmas Day this year. What do you think of this film? You you think it's going to be any good? Eh, uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I have no interest for it. It, It's just I can't get into the trailers. man. I, I, I don't know.
0: Well, here's the thing. I mean, it's it's Keanu Reeves and that's uh that's not necessarily a good thing, but it's not necessarily <laughs> a bad thing. Like I I love the Matrix. You, you all know. I mean, I I love the Matrix like wholeheartedly. But I yes. it's not because Keanu Reeves is anything special. In fact, I think that he just happened to be just right for that role. I'm not I, and I haven't I'm not sure if I've even seen him in anything uh since The Matrix other than I saw a part of some uh classic shakespeare thing that he was in i'm trying to remember the name of it my wife is a huge fan of it and i thought well he's pretty stupid i mean it's you know (laughs) he wasn't any good at all and i can't
1: imagine him being good at shakespeare yeah
0: i mean he was just the same character (laughs) that he played in the matrix and uh and 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 frankly i really have no idea what this film 47 ronin is actually about yet i I mean it, it just it uh um Ah oh, man, like they haven't really. I mean, I get the idea that there's some magic or something going on, and some some like what what are these things? Are they demons? Are they witches? Or something? They can kind of turn into this shadowy substance and whip around Keanu Reeves, and he's supposed to be this outcast samurai. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on here.
1: Yeah, me neither. It's 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 confusing, and there's lots of fighting, and Keanu Reeves straight face and yeah
0: of course of course
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's not for me i don't think
0: yeah and since uh, i meant to combine these in our show outline and i didn't so we can talk too about the one i posted today the keanu reeves trailer (laughs) edition which is man of tai chi and another 47 ronin international uh trailer um and it's not it's not in english and it's not subtitled but you can kind of get the gist of what's going on with that trailer but here's the man of tai chi thing here's a little bit of that um Oh yeah, we've gotta wait for the this film this, this has been approved for appropriate audiences, blah blah blah. Here yeah, we so it's all in Mandarin here. There this one is subtitled. This is the one for Man of Tai Chi. Um, so I uh, I don't know, like this looks just as strange, and apparently this is uh Reeves directorial debut. Oh um, good. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh so that's that's you know, Ken Reeves. I haven't have you I don't even sure if he's been in any films lately. Have you seen anything that he's been in lately?
1: I have not. Joe mentioned something about mail or something, I don't know, in the chat room. That romance about a mailbox that he was in.
0: I need a name, Joe. I need a <laughs> name, man. Alright, I'm looking up on IMDB. My internet is being a little bit Slow today. I noticed it when I was trying to dial you up on uh, Skype. Here we go. Uh, so he was in something in 2010. Henry's Crime. Uh, he was in he's in the Private Lives of Peepa Lee. In 2008, he was in the Day the Earth Stood Still. In 2006, he was in the Lake House. So there you go. Um, so uh, yeah, that I mean. He hasn't been in like a, a whole ton of films by any stretch of the imagination. Uh so I'm I'm not I'm not sure that a directorial debut from him is what I would have wanted, but we'll see. I'm I'm not expecting great things from either of these films myself. If you have yeah. any, if you have anything to contradict that, speak now.
1: Oh, no no contradictions here.
0: Okay, (laughs) so let's talk a little bit about Riddick, Um, and this is a uh, featurette, but it it features some footage we haven't seen yet from the upcoming film, Oh, and uh, and this is an advertisement, so I'll mute that while it it plays, and I'll talk about the film. I did actually just watch uh, Pitch Black and the uh, Chronicles of Riddick. Have you seen either of those films, Chad? I haven't. Are they good? I can't say that they're good. Um let, let, okay, let, let me let me correct. I can't say that they're great. Pitch black, I did not like that much. Uh now now Fizz, I think it was Fizz um on Facebook or something or other, uh said that I was crazy and that it should be exactly reverse. Like he preferred Pitch Black over Chronicles of Riddick. I, I thought Pitch Black uh moved a little bit too slowly. Yeah, uh Jody in the chat room saying he commented on it. Yeah, he you did as well, but I thought you agreed with me, Jody. I was I was talking more specifically about Mike Fizzle. Uh, who said that I had it backwards. So, um, yeah, Pitch Black was not as good as Chronicles of Riddick, and neither of them were great. I, I, I think, like Chronicles of Riddick, I might, if I were feeling generous, give it three stars. Uh, Pitch Black, I'd probably give two stars. So, you know, I'm, that doesn't make me hopeful for this upcoming Riddick film, but uh, here, here here we go, the featurette's ready to play. Maybe. Oh, Flash, now I have no sound. <laughs> All right, well, you get the idea. We we can talk about it without actually hearing about it. Right. So um, what what do you think? Have you watched any of this stuff?
1: I watched the featurette, um, and I've seen a couple of the trailers. And while I I don't think I'm really interested in this film either, uh, I do like what he said at the beginning of the featurette about how uh, this is something that they're sort of doing for the fans. It's something they've promised from the beginning, and so they were sure to fulfill that promise, and they were taking into consideration what they should throw in and so I, I like that aspect, but other than that I, I I don't know if this is for me either
0: yeah it's kind of interesting um, the the uh, the first film was ent- almost like an entirely different genre from the second film and, and and apparently what it looks like to me from the third film will be uh, it was much more of a horror thriller suspense <clears throat> kind of a thing and then Chronicles of Riddick was much more of an action movie not not a lot of horror. Uh not even a lot of suspense. It was mostly just action, although there were nods to pitch black. And I I, I ultimately I liked it better, although there was a lot of weirdness about it. So um uh-huh. Yeah, I, I I don't know. But since you haven't seen them, you can't I guess you can't speak to it, but we'll be we'll we'll be talking about Chronicle uh, we'll, no 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 Chronicles of Riddick. We talking about Riddick. See, they've named these things so confusingly. We're <laughs> talking about Riddick uh, next week, so you'll you'll have to. Uh, and I'm I'm guessing you'll probably want to at least see the Chronicles of Riddick. I don't know. If I were you, Chad, I'd watch them both. Okay. But uh, just to be prepared, but that's up to you. You don't have to. Maybe and maybe if you don't want to, you could bring a perspective, you know, of not having watched them. So.
1: Yeah. Uh, question: Does he talk the same way in all of the movies, in that real slow draw that he uses in the trailer? Yes. Oh, good.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he definitely has a presence like that that's very uh, calculated and uh, menacing. And, you know, I think in one of the trailers, this is uh, when I get free, you go in the first five seconds, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my God. OK, Joe, Joe says, don't watch them. Don't Chad. Be contrary. OK. And and pooey on you, Joe. Come on. This is, you, you left the show. You, you don't have a say here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so um, maybe maybe you can get a little more into this, Chad. You've been kind of quiet. So uh, this is the Thor: The Dark World featurette. Uh, no, I mean extended TV. I'm getting confused. The extended TV spot. Yeah. Desperate to come to me for help. I wish I could trust you. If you did, you'd be the fool I always took you for. Before the universe, there was darkness, and it has survived. So that's the extended TV spot for Thor, the dark world. And this is the, this is a film that I'm, I'm starting to get pretty excited about. Um, and and that is because I think it's going to be a lot better than Thor, you know, at at, at the risk of repeating myself, Thor, (sighs) Kenneth Branagh was just such, so not the right choice for that film,
1: but yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think that now that the characters are established and we're not telling an origin story anymore and we're just focusing on more of their relationship and getting further into the world, then yes. I think that the movie's going to be a lot better. And yep. I'm, I'm excited that there's more Hiddleston. Um, the trailer looks great. The music sounds awesome. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, I agree, and, and I, I totally get where, what you're saying, too, about uh, we're not telling the origins anymore. I, I like a good origin story, and I like the, oh, all the origin stories that we've had in Marvel, but it feels like the whole origin story thing is worn out. Especially, I mean, we're, we're going back and telling Spider-Man's origin story again. <laughs> Everybody knows how I feel about that one, and it's just yes, it's crazy. Yes, <laughs> uh, and And, you know, uh, there we're, we're telling Superman's origin story again, even though we have a perfectly good origin story for Superman with the first film, uh, Superman the movie. Um uh, although was it you somebody I've had on the show, or maybe maybe I'm getting everything runs together in my head. Somebody has disagreed with me on that point. I don't remember um, if it was you or not. On um, what? On whether Superman the movie was a good origin story or a good movie in general. I think I it, like I like it. I don't think it was me. I think it may have been Corey. So it was probably I think so. I think Corey Facebook. was
1: pretty uh, pretty against it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really am sick of the whole let's tell the origin story thing, even though it was good and it was fun and I like Batman Begins and I like I've liked all the Marvel origins. But you're right. It's it's going to be good, I think, to get into the meat of some stories without having to go, oh, where did this character come from? What's his motivation? You know what? You know, now we're just going to tell some good stories. And I, I think that's going to be good. I think so, too. So, uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm looking forward to this film a lot. It's looking pretty good. Uh, j- just uh, to reiterate my predictions, I think, for this film, I think that Loki, obviously we already know that Loki is going to play a pretty prominent role. Uh, and in fact, they've gone and filmed some more uh, t- pickups in order to make sure that his role is very prominent with 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 Tom Hiddleston and, of course, Chris Hemsworth. And uh, so he's going to play a pretty prominent role. I think my prediction is that he is going to find some redemption and he's going to be killed. That that will be my position on what's going on here.
1: That sounds pretty close to what I think, too. Yeah. Um,
0: now, whether Jane Foster makes it through this film or not is up in the air for me. I've, I've seen good arguments both ways. I've seen the—and and I don't buy this one quite as much— the argument that uh, she's too expensive to continue to have in the series and they're going to kill her <laughs> off so that they don't have to continue paying her. I, Marvel hasn't really— I mean, they're stingy and everything, but when it comes down to it, they haven't really taken that road. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't think they would do that. Like if there wasn't a good story to tell now, I could buy it if there was a good story to tell about her death, but I, I, I don't know. And and the other thing is I think it would be too obvious. Like they've, they've teased it in the trailers in a way that makes you think maybe she will die. Therefore it's almost like it's too obvious. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know.
1: I, I, I wouldn't mind it if she died, but I think if, (laughs) If Kill we're him. right in thinking that Loki's going to die, then I, I don't think I want both, really. Even though I do think these films are weird for Natalie Portman to be in.
0: Really? Well, I don't know. Well, I, 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 I like her,
1: but these from the very beginning, ever since she was cast in Thor, I thought, man, what a strange film for
0: Natalie Portman to be in. Well, why, why do you say that? Because she was in Star Wars, for crying out loud. I mean, She was in the, Star Wars, and that's, that's the what fantasy made her famous. Film, that's the fantasy film of all fantasy films, right? Right, right.
1: I don't know. Maybe it was because I... I've seen black swan and I've seen the other films she's been in recently. And while star Wars, she was in that it was when she was a little bit younger and I don't know, it's hard to explain. It's just this weird, like, okay, that's strange, but I'm not against it. It was just strange.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Joe's saying in the chat room that Natalie's role doesn't work for him either. And I, I don't know. I liked her. I thought she was good. I, I feel like Portman is a well-rounded actress and, and uh, yeah. I didn't have any problem with her. I, I like her character well enough. So, you know, I don't know. I, I'm happy enough and I, I hope she doesn't go because I'd like to see her in the next Thor film. But, uh, yeah, you know, there, it's certainly, according to all the trailers we've been seeing, there's going to be some pretty high stakes. So, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Uh, let's see. Did I have any other predictions? Um no, Joe. Actually, he's he's saying I just like everything, and that's I think we've proven that's not true, given the way I talked about uh, the Mortal Instruments last week. So. Yeah. <laughs> did you? Did, by the way, did you listen to that episode, Chad? Since you weren't on it, you had to listen to it. I'm assuming. Yes, I I checked in actually after I woke up. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, okay. Yeah. All right, so the interview with Agents of Shield cast members. I thought this was pretty good. I enjoyed watching this. So here's. This Thanks so much for being here today. Obviously, we are not on your set because it is very top secret no, over there. You're not there.
1: allowed on our set. I know. I'm not. I, I, I we are only rarely allowed. I saw our the set. pilot
0: and I felt very excited, but then they wiped my brain clean <laughs> afterwards. You saw the pilot. I did. Wow, it a lucky mountain. Mountain. Man. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were fantastic. All right, so you can get an idea. There's going to be some banter. There's going to be some fun. Uh, uh, what's uh, Clark Gregg and Ming-Na Wen and uh, the rest of the cast? They're going to talk and take you through uh, what's going on with the uh, agents of S.H.I.E.L.D uh And uh it's a lot of fun. I enjoyed this a lot. So it's not a trailer, but I I do other things besides trailers in the trailer right segment. So I thought I'd, I'd mention this. Did you get a chance to watch it, Chad?
1: I did, and it was very cool. I love Clark Gregg. Yes. And I, I I loved the little snippets of the footage that they threw in. I think there was some new stuff this time around. And there there were a couple moments where I just laughed out loud at the dialogue because Joss Whedon's a genius. Yes. Um, oh, he is. But, like. I wrote down a couple of examples. I wrote uh, the, sorry, that corner was really dark and I couldn't help myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Remind me what the context for that was. Um, they were talking about
1: Phil Coulson dying in The Avengers, and then all of a sudden he steps out from the shadows. Oh, and yeah, it's yeah, yeah. real dramatic. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what he
0: says. I think that's what I'm looking forward to most about having a Joss Whedon TV show back on the air is his tongue-in-cheek dialogue is always yeah. just – Amazing, uh, uh, just amazing. I mean, it's one of the re- one of the primary reasons. I mean, it may seem like a, a, a silly reason. Uh, but one of the primary reasons I've always just watched and ate up all of Joss's TV shows is because he, he, he's so tongue in cheek with all his dialogue. He knows how to take himself seriously when he needs, when the show needs it, but he really knows how to have fun with it. And he really knows like, like, I think his strength is really just finding that right recipe for the right balance of, you know what? This is a show. It's a TV show. It's a fantasy. It's silly. We're going to have a little bit of fun. But you know what? It's also serious because people get into the characters, and there's drama, and there's real sadness when a character dies, and so I mean, he really strikes that balance so well. I don't know how he does it. I, I don't know if I, I certainly couldn't do it. So yeah.
1: I, I like that a lot of his humor is a little more uh, higher end humor I guess I could say it's not a lot of toilet humor or crude humor that you see in a lot of other TV shows it's, it's smart humor and yeah. it's humor that I can get into a lot of the time
0: yeah I, I will say um, I don't I don't know that you would call it high humor or anything like that but you're right it, it very rarely right. I, it once in a while it will but very rarely does it delve into the depths of, of what I would call what we would call toilet humor or, right. or just just you know being silly crazy slapsticks stupid. Uh, it very rarely goes there. Now, now you're, you're talking positively uh, about Joss Whedon's TV shows. What shows of his have you watched?
1: Oh, I haven't. You trapped me. I did. I like, I like what I've seen, and that's The Avengers and... Uh, well, I guess that's it. But. Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you can certainly, you certainly, there, there is certainly a good feel for what you can expect from Joss Whedon in the Avengers, yes. for sure. But to really, I mean, like, he was a little bit constrained. I mean, I don't think the studios are constraining him. Just the movie format is more constraining for his type of, of humor and writing than a TV show is because a movie you have two hours and you've got to tell the story. And he certainly got it all, got a lot of it in there. I mean, uh, some great one-liners in the Avengers, but to really fully appreciate it, you really need to watch some Buffy. I think that's where he was probably at his peak in terms of TV so far. I hope ages of shield will surpass, but, uh, Buffy, you know, Buffy was great. I, I, I can, from, from a TV making perspective, from a uh a writing perspective um from a lot of perspectives there are a few perspectives about buffy that that you know kind of bother me but for the most part i really enjoy buffy and i think that's when he was at his peak so anyway let's see what else we have on this list here uh all right one more uh and this is uh rush and i haven't said anything about this yet because i just haven't been able to to get into it um and, boy i don't know are you interested in this film chad
1: interested yes uh it's hard to explain Uh, from the very beginning the first time i saw the trailer i thought wait this is a ron howard film it seems like a strange subject for him and race cars and i don't it's weird but i'm interested and he has a history of making great films and we get chris hemsworth in a dramatic role which i think could be really good yes and for sure. Um we get a dramatic Hans Zimmer score. Um so not not a departure because he's done dramatic film scores before, but um just a little bit of a break from all these action films he's been doing the past couple of years, which are great. But I uh, it's nice to see some people switching around every once in a while. And we're getting that from both Zimmer and Hemsworth here.
0: Yeah. Now, when you say it's not necessarily what you'd expect from Ron Howard, tell me, I, I don't know that I've seen a Ron Howard film. I'm looking through his list here. There is one that's on my list to see sometime soon. It's a beautiful mind. Other than that, I, I don't know that I know much about his film. So tell us a little bit about Ron Howard. Well, he did Apollo 13 and he did, um, why did I not see that on here? Did I see that film? <phone rings> Oops. I am not seeing Apollo 13 on this list. It was uh, what he directed it in 1995. Oh, I'm in his, Oh, he's, he's an actor. He's a more prolific actor than a director. That's why I didn't see it. Wait, here well, we go. He used to be. Here we go. Here we go. Well, some of his acting titles are, well, okay. 2003. Oh, he was the narrator in rest development. Okay. He's been in a few things. Not a lot. Okay. So director, here we go. Um, angels and demons, wasn't that the uh, the Da Vinci Code follow up?
1: Yes, he directed the Da Vinci Code as well. Uh,
0: yes, Joe says I'm an uncultured person. So, A Beautiful Mind is certainly on my list. Okay, there's Apollo 13. I'm trying to remember if I saw that. No, I think the one I saw was about Mars, and it wasn't anything to do with this. I get confused about the space named movies. Uh-huh.
1: Um,
0: all right, so yeah, um, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I just I, I'm having a hard time getting interested in Rush. Um, uh the and the only two names I know here are Chris Hemsworth and Olivia Wilde. Um Natalie Dormer, don't know who that is. I don't know. I mean it's like it doesn't look that interesting to me. I don't know. So Joe, I mean,
1: race cars aren't my topic, uh, or no, my that, interests either. But I think that the film looks good. I think, so I think maybe I mean, that's
0: what my problem is. Is I and my dad was really into like watching racing on TV when I was growing up, and so like I really hated it when he would do that, and I, <laughs> I just I wanted to go somewhere else and not. And it was like I had other things I'd rather be watching on that TV. Thank you very much. So. <laughs> We're from the south, TJ. We're supposed
1: to like racing and NASCAR and well, stuff.
0: You're from the south. I'm
1: not. I'm, well, from, I'm
0: from Peoria illinois
1: right (laughs) it's south-ish no it's not no
0: no it's really not i'm in the i'm in the south now maybe that's what you mean well well, i'm
1: supposed to but i don't but the movie looks good to me
0: yeah well yeah i don't know it's I don't, we'll see. I, I'm willing to give it a chance, and and I, here's the thing. I've had a really bad track record lately about what films I want to watch based on their trailers and what films have been actually good, which at least I can recognize once I get into one, like, oh, no, I was really wrong about this. At least I'm not like sticking to my guns, right? Uh-huh. So, uh, anyway, so let's move into our items of interest. We're moving away from the trailers now, and we have a Kind of a, possibly a spoiler for the Avengers 2, if if it turns out to be true. This is from Ain't It Cool News. Uh, and they say, it's strictly a rumor. Take it as you will. If you couldn't help yourself from clicking this article, you still don't want the details spoiled. Here's your last chance to flee. There's a bunch of white space. And here's the spoiler. Possibly spoiler. <laughs> it says, it's already been made clear that Ultron will be a product of Tony Stark and not Hank Pym, the Avengers of Ultron, in the Avengers of Ultron. Now it looks like Ultron might just be Tony Stark's robotic manservant, Jarvis. And uh, so that, that I mean, if that's true, that's a little bit, uh, I don't know. I, I could see Joss Whedon going there, but it'll irritate me a little if that's where he's going, because I like Jarvis. Even though he's like not even a sentient entity, if it is Jarvis, that'll be upsetting,
1: Yeah, I really hope it's not. Um, And I I have written in my notes, we've already given so many problems and thrown so much weight on Tony Stark's shoulders. And while Downey Jr., I guess you could say, is the quote unquote star of the Avengers. um, I think we should throw some problems and some struggles onto another character and sort of make them a little bit more of the focus. And making Jarvis Ultron doesn't exactly do that.
0: Yeah, well I mean and to follow up on that, here's a rumor that almost to me contradicts that rumor. And that uh let's see. Actually actually this isn't a rumor. This is this is fact. Uh James Spader has been cast as Ultron. This is according to Marvel.com. James Pater will face off against Earth's mightiest heroes as the villain in Marvel's Avengers Age of Ultron, the sequel to 2012's record-breaking Marvel's The Avengers. The Emmy award-winning actor will play Ultron in The Avengers, much-anticipated return to the big screen from writer-director Joss Whedon. The film comes to theaters on May first, 2015, blah, blah, blah. And and yeah, I I completely agree with your point um, in terms of uh, of, of, uh, kind of putting the focus on Tony Stark. Uh, and, uh-huh. and I'm ready to move on from that a little bit. Uh, and, and and faced with this also, uh, the whole James Spader thing, I think it unlikely. Even, but, you know, it's worth right. talking about. Because, I mean, it yeah. does seem like something Joss might do.
1: Well, I, I mean, I don't know. It, Paul Bettany is the voice of Jarvis, and or normal Jarvis. And so I, I agree, casting James Spader, uh, while it is possible to change the voice, especially if he's going from good to quote-unquote evil, um, I, I think James Spader uh sort of nixes that idea i do too i hope
0: yeah and I, I i do too um and to answer the question in the chat room i don't know whether he'll be the voice only or they're going to use some sort of body thing you know <laughs> like like uh body tracking or whatever who knows i i i don't know it's an unknown right now and we'll, we'll know more you know soon but uh you know jay spader i've actually only seen him in one film it was uh the original stargate movie as dr daniel jackson uh and he was in Lincoln. Oh, that's I'm sorry. I forgot about Lincoln. I I, I keep forgetting that was James Spader. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he was in Lincoln, and I watched him in Lincoln. Um, and 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 you know he was fine. And Whedon has the a way of bringing out the best in actors, so it'll be interesting. But yeah, yeah I I think it unlikely given this casting news that uh, he would actually be Jarvis. But you know who knows. So. Um, Moving on, we have a little bit of news here from Pixar that uh, makes me a little worried again for Pixar, and that is that Bob Peterson has been removed as the director from The Good Dinosaur. Uh, This is according to the LA Times. Pixar Animation has removed the director of its 2014 film, The Good Dinosaur, and not named a replacement, marking the fourth time in eight movies that the Emeryville studio has made a director change midstream. Somebody pointed out to me on Facebook, I think it was, that uh, they had a director change for Toy Story 3, and Toy Story 3 was probably the best Toy Story they've ever made. So, I mean, it's certainly possible, but, but there's a lot of indications that The Good Dinosaur is a troubled production, and that's not good news to me coming off the heels of two pretty not so good productions for Pixar and one decent installment, but yet there's still a little bit of worry about the company faltering. Um, So uh, yeah, it's a little worrying to me that they've had to change director's midstream here on the good dinosaur.
1: I'm not really too worried. Um, like uh, they pointed out there have been a couple of times in the past where Pixar has changed directors, and I think it's uh, what is it? Toy Story 2. There was somebody who pointed it out on the actual article, which I'm just loading. Um, Toy Story 2 and Ratatouille, um, and it's he's only directed one of these films in the past. He directed up, uh, co-directed with Pete Docter, uh, who directed the first Monsters Inc. movie, and. I think that with the rest of Pixar sort of hoarding in and uh, focusing in on the project now that Peterson's gone, I think that we can still be hopeful.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to write it off or anything, right? But, but it's it's just a little concerning to me. That's all. Um, yeah, it's it is what it is, and uh, you know, I think maybe it's just made all the more kind of uh, worrisome <laughs> given the fact that we've already been a little bit worried about what's happening at Pixar. So, uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But that's, uh, that's the Pixar news. And, uh, you know, I, what, what I've seemed like I saw a list of upcoming films from Pixar and I didn't think any of them looked all that interesting. Like I'm not, uh, all that interested in the good dinosaur. Um, let's see what Pixar has on their website here. Uh, oh, they still have monsters university as an upcoming film. The good dinosaur is supposed to release on May 30th, 2014, uh you've got inside out pixar takes a look takes audiences on incredible journeys into extraordinary worlds from the darkest depths of the ocean to the top of the Tepuy mountains in South America i probably butchered that name that's directed by Pete Docter the untitled pixar movie about dia de los muertos i have no idea what that is
1: dia de los muertos
0: what is that the day of the dead it's- okay that doesn't sound it's, like a Pixar film.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know a lot about it, but it's being directed by the same guy who directed uh, Toy Story Three.
0: Okay, uh, yeah, Lee Unkrich. So, um, yeah, so those are the upcoming Pixar films, and none of them seem like really great ideas for Pixar films to me. I, I really hope the company's not out of ideas.
1: I I don't think so. I don't know. I'm I don't know a lot about the Good Dinosaur, but the, the Inside Out film for 2015 sounds pretty interesting. So
0: okay. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll be keeping an eye on Pixar and seeing what comes down the down the pike. There's certainly a lot of films slated for 2015, aren't there? Uh yeah. Joe in the chat room points out that Pixar is usually full of surprises, uh, and he said he didn't think he would like Wally Up or Ratatouille. Um, I yeah, I didn't think I would like Up, and I did. Ratatouille, I I was a little more like I probably I probably would like it, and I did like it so. Now, this is a subject that's uh, always near and dear to my heart, and that is the subject of video on demand and new model and streaming media and all this stuff. And Kevin Spacey has a little bit to say about it, and uh, he he should be a voice that should be listened to given his recent successes with uh, House of Cards, I think. So here's just a tease for what he's saying here. Okay, come on.
1: The relief for all of you is that I am not someone with an important job in broadcasting using this speech to audition for an even more important job in broadcasting. (laughs) House of Cards, creatively, actually follows the model more often employed here in Great Britain. The television industry here has never really embraced the pilot season looked to by the networks in the United States as a worthwhile effort. And now look, of course, we went out to all the major networks with House of Cards and every single one was interested in the idea, but every single one wanted us to do a pilot first.
0: So uh, I, I definitely recommend uh, listening to this. I'm not going to take up your time here with it, uh, but I definitely recommend giving this. It's, it's a five-minute video, and I recommend you give it a listen. It's, he's got a lot of good stuff to say, and it's, and it's, it's stuff that I've been saying uh, for a while. And, and here's just a quote from something he said later in this video. And he said, we have learned the lesson the music industry did not. That is, give people what they want. And that that's key to me. That that's key to to this new streaming model that Netflix, this road that Netflix is traveling down. So, um, and certainly, uh, House of Cards. Uh, while I can quibble a little bit with the way they released all the episodes all at once, uh, that's neither really neither here nor there in the grand scheme of things. What I'm what I'm excited for is this idea that I don't have to have myself planted in front of a TV set at a specific time to catch the newest episode and, you know, make sure I'm subscribed to cable to get the latest game of Thrones episode? It's None of that. It is you pay the subscription fee and you get your TV, you know, on demand when you're ready to watch it so that you, we, you know, it's avail- I mean, just give the customer what they want. Serve the customer. Yeah.
1: So that's, a, that sounds fantastic to me. I mean, with my schedule, um, I, I'm, I'm busy a lot of the time and, um I also have, for the first time in my life, a set of shows that I want to keep up with this fall um three or four or maybe even five of them i 'm not even sure um, yeah, and having to think about time to sit down in uh and i don 't know trying to make those t v episodes available to, available to me in a timely manner uh at a time I'm not busy is just kind of stressful. And so being able to like maybe upload it by a certain date and then let me view it anytime I have the free time would just be too fantastic.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, y- you know, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not the, I've never been the type of person I, I don't have a, I mean, technically I actually have a few, a few channels with my cable, my cable internet subscription, but I don't even have them hooked up because I've, I don't watch TV in that manner. I, when I, I have a lot of shows that I've either purchased through iTunes or I've ripped the DVDs into my iTunes library or I have them, you know, through iTunes in the cloud or I have the, or I watch them through Netflix or Hulu and I you know so that's all available to me on demand and probably tonight once I've gotten the show edited and uploaded and ready to go for tomorrow I'll probably sit down and watch an episode of Star I'm currently watching Stargate Atlantis um which I've watched before, but i I love the show so much, and I'm watching it again and and I don't have to sit down and say, "Okay, uh, what's on right now, or you know and that used to be the way you'd have to do it, like sure, you could get t v episodes on v h s but who who actually did that? And, and you know, as we've moved into this era of DVD, you know, yes, people have shell- libraries of TV shows on DVD. But who actually had a lot of a lot of DVD? Now you can sit down, and you've got the world of Netflix at your your fingertips. And and what I want, like, there's still I'm still frustrated though because there's shows. You know, I was really happy with um, with House of Cards because they were available instantly. But there's shows that they delay them. They a whole season sometimes I have to be a whole season behind on burn notice because uh hulu and this is the frustrating thing like actually uh there's a rolling five episodes available on hulu but not on your apple tv so i'd have to hook up my computer to the tv or sit down at my desk and this is not the way i watch tv i want it where i want it and when i want it here i'm, I'm, a, right. I'm on a rant here if you didn't hadn't noticed that's so. <laughs> <laughs> fine so i i want my tv when i want it where i want it and how i want it and i don't want them dictating to me in what context i can watch it in and you would think that they would want to monetize this and and Yes, you can watch it wherever you want because this is Hulu and we're serving you ads, and that'll make us more money. <laughs> <sighs> but they don't. So do that's how that. you really feel. No, I, I will. I will. So, <laughs> so, so the the point here is that Kevin Spacey had a lot of good stuff to say about this, and I think we're a long way from seeing this vision realized. But the House of Cards model proves that we can get there and it's a really good start. And I, and House of Cards was actually really decent. I really, I mean, it's very dark. Uh, I don't recommend it for children by any stretch of the imagination, but it was it was a really good show and I'm looking forward to season two. had you watched any House of Cards?
1: I haven't. I've been, it's been recommended to me and I'll add it to my list.
0: <laughs> I would. And I would also recommend like for the first couple episodes, I wasn't sure, you know, it's like, eh, but, but by the, th- I think by the third or fourth episode, you're really like, yeah, this this show is really, really good. So, yeah, I would highly recommend it for sure. Are you ready for this rumor? I am. Uh, There is a rumor that Benedict Cumberbatch has been cast in Star Wars seven, that he's probably playing a villain. And then his reps have denied everything. Of course. course. I mean, (laughs) of course you would expect that whether or not it's true, uh, that whether or not it's true. You would expect them to deny it. Now, the, uh, boy, it's so hard to tell on stuff like this. Um, apparently, supposedly, uh, the um, the website that reported that ben, Benedict Cumberbatch has been cast in Star Wars is um, reliable. Like they don't normally post stuff they're not really ultra sure about. That's that's what I've been given to understand. I believe it was uh, Film Chronicles. <sighs> Uh, it says here they focus most exclusive, almost exclusively on reviews, interviews, and well sourced content rather than speculation or rumors. Um, Cumberbatch has been cast in the upcoming Star Wars Episode 7. And, you know, like for me, I mean, so what they're saying is, you know, on Movie Byte, I'll post. Anything that I find interesting, whether it's rumor or not, if I think it's fun or interesting or a tidbit or something that I want to talk about, I'll post it. I don't really care. You know, like I could care less whether the Benedict – okay, that's the wrong way to say I do care whether the Benedict Cumberbatch rumor is true or not. But as far as whether I talk about it or not, I don't care. Now, I'll probably say, hey, take this with a grain of salt, and I believe I did. But um, yeah, so so the the real question here, though, is – W if if he's if he is going to be in the film, who would he play? And I think the answer is fairly obvious. And according to this article, um, he's probably playing a villain uh, on We Got This Cupboard, uh, dot com. They would they think that he's going to be playing a villain. I, I tend to be like if he has been cast, I believe he would be playing a villain.
1: Yeah, I, I like to play with the notion that he could be a good guy, but I think his voice just necessitates villainy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, shall we begin? yeah exactly I can't, and, uh, I'm sorry I can't do his voice it doesn't work
1: I have to go on record a few weeks ago I posted on Movie By uh, rumors about Ryan Gosling and Zac Efron uh, joining the cast of Star Wars and Ugh. I was completely against it for the idea not, not because I don't particularly care for those actors necessarily but because I want unknowns primarily in these Star Wars films but as soon as I heard this I was very okay with it because Cumberbatch has been excellent in everything I've seen him in, and I would love to see him join Star Wars.
0: What do you think about the idea that he could be Admiral Thrawn, or are you familiar with the extended Star Wars universe? I'm not. Okay. Are you familiar at all with Admiral Thrawn? I'm not okay. I barely am. I've not actually read any. I've only read one of the books. My wife is really into that, so I, I know who Admiral <laughs> Thrawn is because she talks about him from time to time. Uh, so, I mean, if they're going to go at all with this expanded universe thing, or with any anything from it, which I, I don't know, I don't know if JJ would go there. But if if he does, you can. It's a good bet that if if Admiral Thrawn is going to be in this, that that perhaps Cumberbatch would be Thrawn. So I could see that. I think it would be interesting. Um, you know, but then of course, here we are, uh, as previously reported, uh, nope, that's the wrong article. Uh, Angie Hahn and slash film Cumberbatch's people told the New York daily times in no uncertain terms that the Brit star would not appear in episode seven. There is no truth to the rumor. Benedict has been cast in star Wars. I think the rumors are circling because JJ and Benedict have recently had a wonderful time working on star Trek. Well, here's the thing. Although it wasn't a denial of ben- of Benedict Cumberbatch being in star Trek, there was I mean, we we were lied to about who he was playing in Star Trek. I mean, right. not not only were we just just deceived, not you know through deception and, and other means, we were directly lied to. They said yeah. in no uncertain terms, Benedict Cumberbatch is not playing Khan. It's they, John Harrison. Well, no, they and they've tried to <laughs> say, well, we weren't lying we, we he, he was playing john harrison well yeah but he was con i mean it, it was yeah. it was a lie and it, i mean it's fine i mean it's all part of the game you know they're trying to keep the secret but i i just i wouldn't discount this even though his reps say no yeah so
1: and i'd be okay with that
0: yeah and and it's a thing like <laughs> I, and i see where you're coming from i i haven't taken this position you were the one that took the position so uh, yes. but i i i see where you're coming from but ultimately Benedict Cumberbatch is so good that I'm I'm gonna watch it if he's in it. So oh for sure, you know. So anyway, that's the news on the Star Wars front and the Benedict Cumberbatch front. Now we do have some other news here, uh, and again, this is this is a denial. Doesn't mean it's not true, because uh, there has been pretty strong. Um, I, I think there's even been some evidence, but certainly some. You know, sometimes you know it says where there's smoke, there's fire. Brian Cranston was reported to have. Uh, uh, you know to be cast as Lex Luthor in the upcoming Man of Steel uh sequel. There there are I've always thought though there were a couple of problems with that. And and one is that do you, I I don't really know that it makes sense to have Lex Luthor in a Superman Batman film. That being said, I don't know anything about the comics. Has Lex Luthor ever been in a crossover with Superman Batman?
1: Do you know? Um I don't know. I mean the only thing I can think of is I played the Lego Batman Two uh, video game last year, and the story in that has all three, so I don't know how canon that is, but
0: yeah I, I I don't know so but but I wonder though if that wouldn't take away a little of the focus from the whole batman uh superman uh uh connection um what's the word i'm looking for they're going to be butting heads is, is the impression that i've gotten
1: right and uh
0: no i it, joe in the chat room says remember the justice league comics no i don't i'm not a comic book fan dude <laughs> so so that's, that's the thing i don't really know maybe it does make sense I, in any event the, in any event I've, I've kind of gone off on a rabbit trail just having so so the rumor here is that brian cranston not the rumor The the thing is brian cranston has denied the rumors he as i titled my article he says no luther corp in his future um and last week, some unfounded rumors began to circulate that, the internet that Brian Cranston had signed on to play Lex Luthor in Zack Snyder's upcoming Man of Steel sequel. Many of you wondered why we never posted this story, and it was because we thought it was inaccurate and a fabrication. Now, Cranston himself says the rumor that he signed a six-picture deal to play the, bat, the bald antagonist are not true. This is all news to me he told he said to boston.com I think that maybe my name is bandied about because I'm known to be bald what bald guy can we get the reality is they can take any actor and shave his head or put a bald cap on him you know so uh yeah uh, just what it is what it is i i, I know very little about cranston because i'm not a breaking bad fan but i know yeah. a lot of people were really uh you know really really calling for this to be
1: yeah, when I first heard the rumor, I was very uh, for it, very, very uh, excited, I guess you could say, with the the idea of Cranston being Lex Luthor. But then I read an article on Collider.com and I'm pasting it into the chat room um, where the author said to stop asking for Cranston to play Lex Luthor. And it it was less of a rumor and more of uh, a fan casting. Like, oh man, wouldn't uh, Brian Cranston be great as Lex Luthor? And the problem is uh Walter White in Breaking Bad and Lex Luthor would end up being all too similar a character and uh I, I for that reason alone I I think we can sort of debunk this and the fact that Brian Cranston himself has said no I'm not going to be in it and I'd be okay with that I I I'm, I'm kind of glad
0: Yeah I mean it, it's maybe too on the nose or too obvious and you know fans are notoriously not good at casting you know yeah. calling for the casting of their their favorite films you know and and so I'd be okay with them not being involved in the casting of these films. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, that's that's all the news I've got. We should talk about closed circuit, shouldn't we? I I suppose we should. All right. So closed circuit.
1: November thirtieth, ten forty-three. Bright sunny day. Innocent people. Approaches from the west entrance. 10:45. No time to do anything about it.
0: So that's from the trailer for Closed Circuit. The film opened in theaters on August the 28th, and it was kind of a limited release. It was only 870 theaters. The budget is not available. Opening weekend, it brought in a whopping. Are you ready for this? Sitting down. This is such a crazy amount. <laughs> 2.4 million dollars oh, wow. total gross yeah total gross worldwide right now is at 3.6 million dollars that might be why they're not releasing the budget although normally we know the budget before a theater film ever hits the theaters so it's a little odd um Uh, Rotten Tomatoes uh, says in the critical acclaim section, it's slick and well-acted. Close circuit, unfortunately, never quite works up a full head of steam and with a plot that's alternately predictable and full of holes. It was directed by John Crowley, uh, written by Stephen Wright, and it stars Eric Bana, Rebecca Hall, Jim Broadbent, Julia Stiles, and Syrian Hines. Music by Joby Talbot. So, uh, Chad, why don't you tell us a little about the story here?
1: Okay. In the international suspense thriller, Closed Circuit, a high-profile terrorism case unexpectedly binds together two ex-lovers on the defense team, testing the limits of their loyalties and placing their lives in jeopardy. One morning, a busy London market is decimated by an explosion. In the manhunt that follows, only one member of the suspected terrorist cell survives, Farouk Erdogan, uh, who is arrested and jailed. Preparations begin for what promises to be the trial of the century. But there's a hitch. The government will use classified evidence to prosecute Erdogan, evidence so secret that neither he nor his lawyers can be allowed to see it. Hence the need for the attorney general to appoint a special advocate, an additional government-approved defense lawyer, one who has clearance to see classified evidence and who can argue for its full disclosure when the trial moves to closed session. The rules for the special advocate are clear. Once the secret evidence is shared with her, Claudia will not be allowed to communicate even with the defendant or with other members of the defense team but just as the case is on the eve of growing, going to trial erdogan's lawyers die suddenly and a new defense attorney martin rose quickly steps in martin is tenacious driven and brilliant and an ex-lover of claudia's the two lawyers make an uncomfortable pact to keep their former affair hidden but as martin begins to piece the case together the outlines of a sinister conspiracy emerge one that will draw him and claudia dangerously close again
0: yeah so um what did you think of the film, Chad? I actually have not heard a peep from you about this before the show at all, so this will be news to me as well. I didn't like it very much.
1: Um, there were bits that I liked. Um, the acting was pretty good, but the story and the ending just, eh.
0: Yeah. No, I I agree. Uh, my overall opinion of this film is not great, um, but we'll, we'll get into our dislikes in a minute. I, I will say that I, the concept was not altogether uh, un, uh, unappealing to me, um, yeah. and, and and I kind of liked the whole low-key thriller aspect to the film. It wasn't an action film uh, per se, although there was you know occasionally a little bit of action to be had. It wasn't primarily an action film, uh, and, and for that matter, it was pretty slow-moving, and, and and to an extent and, and in a lot of ways, I like that about it. Like, I don't think uh-huh. every film has to be this, you know, action packed Avengers type, uh, you know, roller coaster ride.
1: Yeah, so. I, I definitely do like the sort of more political thriller take it took um, where you don't have to have a whole bunch of action chase scenes and fighting and stuff to make it exciting. And there were general uh, or. Uh, there were moments of excitement in the film that weren't necessarily action-driven, and I like right. that.
0: Yeah, and I do too, and and that's why I, I'm disappointed in the film even more than if I hadn't been as invested in it uh, by some of these things that I liked about it. So I, I guess what I'm saying is the things that I liked about it made it all the more disappointing that it wasn't a great film. Right. Right. Um, I wanted to like it. I wanted it to be good. Um, and and you know this whole premise, this whole thing that the film never really delivered on—that everything's being recorded. You know, you're just a pawn. Uh, you're under surveillance. Someone's always watching. Blah blah blah. I mean, it's like the film had this great concept, and then they didn't know what to do with it. They didn't know where yeah. to go with that. Like like it's it's, it's kind of like in my art in my review. Have you read my review? Yes uh it's kind of so i said in my review it's kind of like a dog chasing a car what's he do and he catches the car he doesn't he doesn't know what to do with it and that's kind of how i feel like with these with the uh filmmakers here they like they caught this great concept and they have no idea what to do with it
1: right yeah i i agree with that um yeah sorry <laughs>
0: Yeah. So, um, and, 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 you know, you mentioned the acting. I think the acting, it was top notch. I mean, I know people don't like Eric Banna. Uh, in fact, Mike Fizzle said he can't wait to go out of his way not to see the film because uh, of <laughs> Eric Banna. Um, and, and that's fine. I I get it. I can get why somebody wouldn't like him. I thought he was great. I thought he did a fantastic job. I thought Rebecca Hall did a great job. Jen Broadbent was, uh, as usual, very good. Um, what was the actress's name uh, who played the character that I can't remember now? Um, and I think' um, Julia
1: Styles no no
0: no not not her but the one that was the uh, agent who turns it turns out she was an, an agent of mi5 um I'm not sure I'm looking it up but but speaking of Julia Styles yeah she was fine too I wished she was in the movie more uh, spoiler alert you know she didn't make it <laughs> she didn't yeah. have much to do in the movie because she didn't make it um, but and she she played her part and that was fine so uh and, and I thought that the actress that did the uh, mi5 agent here's the thing I mean, and it's hard to talk about this film in segments of likes and dislikes uh in that way so i I will just say that b- because it's so the fact that I didn't like it is so tied to the fact that I did like it if you if you follow my meaning here uh-huh like um it, 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 okay so so my primary dislike of this film is that it had no ending, there was no ending. where was the ending at chad? why didn't we have an ending why can't, why can't we have nice things? <laughs>
1: I I don't know. I I was very confused on the ending as well. And I, after watching the film, I sort of read through the plot plot synopsis on uh, Wikipedia because they do a pretty good job of summing everything up there. Right. Um, and it says the very last line, um, the closing audio of the movie reveals public reaction to Martin, uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it was something I didn't pick up while watching the film.
0: I mean, I kind of picked that up, but uh, I mean, my real question here is, what is our takeaway? Every film, whether no matter how uh, light it is or how heavy it is, how dark, how how whatever, whether it's just a fun film, it has to have some sort of takeaway. There has to be some sort of closure. And we didn't have that in this film. Like, I have no idea what I was supposed to take away from this film or what they were trying to say or or what they're trying to leave us with or what. Like, like, I feel like the story, it was just starting to build up its steam. And then it stopped. Yeah. That's how I feel. So essentially, um, I don't know if you study the uh, structure of films. Uh, you know, as a as a former filmmaker, I, I can't really say I'm a filmmaker anymore because I'm, I'm building websites for a living now. I mean, technically, I guess I'm still a filmmaker because I can make films. Uh But the, so so films have uh t- typically they don't have to. But typically they have a three act structure and often they'll have like kind of almost an opening teaser, kind of a throw you in a story. Then there's act one, act two and act three. And then there's a kind of a wrap up. That, that's a general structure of a film. This film had. Opening teaser, montage, throw you, you know, get you started in the plot. It had Act 1, and then it had Act 2. And then, then that's it. Yeah. That's what it had. And then they are going, what just happened? I don't understand.
1: Yeah. Um, the the There's a little, like, tiniest hint of justice there at the end, but it's very slight, and it's not at all satisfying.
0: Wait, you you saw justice at the end?
1: Well, it. Uh, spoiler alert, he does he reveals MI5's involvement in the the this whole conspiracy. He reveals that. And so the ending, he's been disbarred for uh, his relationship with Claudia, but uh, that's what that ending public reaction is. He, he has revealed that MI5 was wrapped up in this conspiracy. And so the MI5 is facing um, public reaction and... Uh, people turning against them and so it's like a little hint of possible justice uh where eric abana's character did the right thing but it's not at all satisfying
0: no not not in the least not at all and 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 you really feel like that uh mi5 was a shady government organization and they got away with it
1: yeah it it definitely felt like the bad guys won
0: yeah for sure um you know uh i guess i've already talked about all my likes yikes (laughs) um (laughs) Uh, the, the one, you know, okay, so another cardinal, I think, sin that this film did is, um, they, they separated the because of the very nature of the plot, the main characters, the ones that had the chemistry, the ones you were supposed to like, the ones you wanted to see make it, the ones that were together, were separated for half of the film because the plot necessitated that. That they, you, you know, because one was the defense attorney for the secret stuff and she was trying to convince the court that this needed to be out in the public and a public trial needed to be available. And therefore she couldn't have anything to do or see or talk to the defense attorney, the public defense attorney. And, and it's just uh-huh. like, yeah, I understand what you're trying to do there, but it's really bad writing and it doesn't work. Yeah,
1: I, I didn't like the relationship between the characters uh, very much it, because it did sort of cripple the plot a little bit.
0: Yeah, it completely crippled the plot. So um, yeah, that that was a big thing for me. Uh, Syrian Hines was a completely unnecessary. His character was completely unnecessary to the film. Devlin, I, yeah, and and it was very predictable. You know, his what little involvement he had in the plot was completely and totally predictable. Yeah,
1: and for that matter, I I didn't. I thought she did an okay job, but I didn't like Julia Stiles' character just because she had she served one quick purpose and then she was gone
0: yeah I suppose that's also I guess what I'm trying to say is that the writing was very weak.
1: yeah there were there were I don't know the balance of characters wasn't very good
0: yeah. Yeah, it just, it feels like, I, I don't know what happened politically with this film. I mean, I've heard that the writers have done good things before, or the writer, Stephen Wright. I've heard he's written good films before. I don't know what happened. I don't know what political things behind the scenes may have taken place, or maybe he was yanked off the project before he finished it, because that's really what it feels like. Like it, it feels like they've shot the first draft of the first half of the script, is what it feels like. Uh-huh. So, I don't know, what else have you got?
1: Um... Uh, Did you notice something weird with the bad language in the film? Uh, Okay. A lot of times when you see an R-rated film, you get bad language. It's just part of the package, unfortunately. Yeah. The only bad word they used in this film was the F-word, like exclusively. There was no other like intermixing of other bad words. It was just they'd throw the F-word in every once in a while. And it was very, very strange.
0: I think that may be a British thing. Is it? I think it may be. I I, I very okay. rarely hear British folks curse, except to drop a few strange words that are unfamiliar to us, and maybe the F word. And, and <laughs> I don't know a lot of British folks, and uh, so maybe uh, maybe I'm completely mischaracterizing. You know what's what what happens here, but I think maybe that ha- maybe that's it. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm just I'm speculating and guessing here. I don't know. But and, and I do. I mean, that was another aspect of the film. That's that's another aspect I liked. Is is the whole British thing and and uh, you know the the way their justice system works. And the, oh, I love the British accent. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was
1: my first time seeing an Eric Bana film with him using his accent. Oh,
0: really? I, I, no, I Well, I, actually, I don't know if I've ever seen a film with him using it either before. So, because yeah,
1: I think the only films I've seen him in are Hulk from 2003 and then uh, Star Trek.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I think I think those are the two I've seen with him in it as well. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, you know, despite my praise of the film's, uh, pacing in, in one sense and the, the low-key aspect to it and the fact that, not low-key, but low-key. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the fact that, um, it, it, uh, uh boy that made me lose my train of thought making that joke that i hate it when that happens (laughs) but yeah i mean this the whole the the kind of the it didn't feel like it needed to shift the camera around and and be shaky cam and all this stuff and it was you know i liked that on the one hand but on the other hand it felt like the film was actually too slow like you speed it up you you get through acts one and two a little bit faster and then you have time to incorporate in act three
1: (laughs) yeah it was strange because it was only an hour and a half film and it did feel long
0: yeah it did feel long for sure so uh yeah Um, it's just all of it just points to bad writing
1: yeah, and one uh, cinematic thing that they did that sort of bothered me was they filmed the opening scene, the the bombing, with the closed-circuit cameras. Yes. And the, I, it didn't make sense to me, because the whole rest of the film, the closed-circuit cameras represent, oh, they're being watched. And in that opening scene, they, they're not meant to serve that purpose. And so it's just very sort of... Uh, disjointed whenever you move further into the film.
0: Yeah. And in fact, I felt like there was a half uh, like, like a hazard feel to the whole, uh, closed circuit recording thing. Like it felt like every once in a while, they go, Oh yeah, we should throw a little bit of closed circuit recording camera yeah. style in here because, Oh yeah, this is a film that has to do with that. Almost as if it was an afterthought. And, and that's, that kind of ties in like with the fact that the closed circuit thing and the government conspiracy thing, it never really went anywhere. It just didn't have anywhere to go i i don't know like again yeah. again what 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 was the point of this here i don't
1: know the government's the bad guy again
0: yeah and i, and I, I know that's me, a but. yeah i know there's a common sentiment a growing sentiment of to that effect uh in around the world not just in the united states even but i think that's a growing sentiment around the world and i get it and like we have a problem we certainly have a problem and you know, i know we do in the united states um but uh you can't just have a story that centers on that, and that's like the that's it. Like there needs to be a story there to tell, right? So, and and there wasn't. There really wasn't. No. So um, I don't know. I, I really don't have a lot more to say about the film other than pff, man, I I wish I, w- I I wanted to like it. I wished I'd enjoyed it, and I didn't, and I don't.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I only saw the f- trailer for this film. I think maybe one time before ever going in, and so I didn't know anything about it i didn't have any expectations and i walked away disappointed
0: yeah so i i actually did have some expectations i've been watching this trailers for this film and, and expecting it for a while so maybe my disappointment was more i don't know um actually though you rated it lower than i did as we get into our ratings here i i give it two and a half out of five stars and you're even less happy with it
1: yeah i gave it two out of five it's it just I was sitting in the theater and my arms were crossed and I was sort of <sighs> leaned back ready to take a nap. Not because I wasn't interested at some points, but because the whole thing was just disappointing.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I completely agree. IMDb, uh, the general consensus kind of agrees with us. It's five five 5.9 out of 10 stars, which is pretty low for IMDb. I find IMDb's rating to hover around 6.5 to 7 for most films. Uh-huh. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, the critics are not that happy with it. Only 44% of critics uh, like it, and only 40, 46% of the audience, which is a little low for Rotten Tomatoes. Typically, the audience is more forgiving than the critics on Rotten Tomatoes, and they're not liking it either. That's pretty much neck and neck with, with the critics. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's disappointing. Uh, yeah. and, and you know what, I'm, here's, here's my recommendation. Don't go see it in the theater. Don't waste your money. Uh, if you must watch it, wait for it on DVD or Blu-ray, uh, or, you know, iTunes or whatever. I, I'm not planning on ever watching it again just because it was so disappointing.
1: Wait for it to come to the movie channels.
0: Yeah. <laughs> now, if they never, if they never actually finished the film, uh, maybe I'd be interested if they'd go and film some more and, and finish it up and, and, you know, create an act three and, and, you know, do it. Maybe, maybe there'd be something there, but as, as it stands, there's not. You know, I, I do have to tell this uh, funny story, though, uh, or this funny thing about watching the film, and this is – this these sorts of things don't typically influence my uh, – I don't think they do influence my opinion of the film as a whole. But it really is irritating, whether you like a film or not, to be sitting in a movie theater with, with people who don't know how to watch a film. <laughs> and yeah. I was sitting next to – I don't know. She must have been in her 40s, maybe early 50s this woman who was with her friend who was a little younger than her. And I couldn't tell. I don't think her friend was saying this, but like every five or 10 minutes when something about the plot would, would take a turn or what happen, she'd go, Oh no. Or, or, you know, or she was constantly like, it's not, not loud enough that I was like, be quiet, but it's just like, can you not seriously, can you please let us watch in silence and keep your thoughts to yourself? Like, like, and I'm not, I don't mind in a movie theater when there is a collective gasp, but it was only her.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> you know? I don't mind if there's a collective laugh or a gasp, or if you're really into the film and it's 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 all everybody's you know, to, as long as it's restrained. And, and I I've certainly like when I watched Iron Man three, there was like the crowd was almost unbearable and how much they were laughing or clapping or whatever. And I'm just going, man, just, I'm trying to watch yeah. a film here, but I, so <laughs> but but I don't mind a restrained bit of that. This was not that. This was like okay, woman, what's your deal? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah anyway. and when i went and saw it uh, there were maybe five other people in the theater and they were all sitting together so i was sitting midway up the section all by myself sort of just okay guys i'm here i'm here to see a movie here's yeah. hoping it's okay
0: yeah <laughs> all right well that's uh unless you have anything to add i think we'll wrap that up i am finished all right well uh, next week we're going to be talking about riddick we're going to i'm going to see it this weekend and uh you're gonna see it this weekend, I assume, or maybe next week. Um, I may, sure. I may see if you're interested in writing the review. i just uh, it was all I. I wrote that review this morning hurriedly, uh, and I I sent it over to Joe, who happened to be available to proofread. He still proofread some of my reviews for me, even though he's not as much involved in the day to day on Movie Bite as he used to be. And uh, well, he sent back some things I was just embarrassed about. Like, oh. <laughs> I, I literally I woke up this morning and. Uh, uh, I, I, I meant to type it last night, but I forgot that I was going to a birthday party for my sister last night. And so I'm like, I get up at six this morning. I'm like, I've got to get this thing out. No, no, it was, uh, it was seven. Cause I, I, I had gotten home late and was really tired. And so I got up at seven and I'm like cranking this review out, you know, cause I, I mean, I know generally what I wanted to say about it. And, uh, so I'm cranking this review out and then I zip it over to Joe I like, could, you proof this for me. I want to post it on the site before the show. And uh, so he sent back some things that were pretty embarrassing. He's like, I can't believe I didn't <laughs> catch that. I've called myself a writer, you know, but uh, anyway, anyway, so we'll all have so, our moments. So anyway, I may see if you're a bit interested in doing the Riddick review. So, okay. I,
1: don't I know. can do that.
0: All right. Well, we'll see. It's been a while since you've written anything on the site. So yeah.
1: And hopefully I'll be cranking things out now that I'm, more settled
0: in yeah it'd be good it's uh boy it's a challenge now with my new job to try to keep up with the site, but i'm dedic. i mean I really love doing movie Byte, and I'm dedicated to keeping up with it speaking speaking of which um I actually over Labor Day, I had a chance to draw up some redesign mock ups for the site, and Joe is actually going to be involved a little bit in that too because he has a keen interest in uh in in helping me redesign the site we 're going to make it mobile friendly something i wanted to do i just didn't have time to do when uh when we rolled out the first version of the site i just doing a mobile version of the site is time intensive and consuming and and uh, i didn't have as much experience with mobile web design as i do now so we're, we're doing a completely responsive design of the site cannot promise cannot cannot specify a time when that might come out but it will be coming out i hope sometime this year but i can't promise it so cool yeah Anywho, that's that's all we've got this week. Uh, Chad, folks are probably going to want to find out uh, where they can keep up with you and stuff.
1: Okay. Um, I tweet at uh, twitter.com slash chadadada, C-H-A-D-A-D-A-D-A.
0: The hardest um, Twitter handle ever. <laughs>
1: um, and on facebook.com slash chad.hopkins. And on my personal movie site at chadlikesmovies, which I will hopefully be writing... Catching up on some reviews in the next few days.
0: All right. And uh, let's see, you can find me on Twitter. I'm TJ Draper Pro. Over there, you can uh, keep up with my writing and stuff on MovieBite.com. And uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for me. Um, if you uh, would like to find the show notes for this episode, this episode, if I can keep from slurring my words together, you can find that at moviebyte.com slash mbpodcast slash 59 because this is our 59th episode. Uh, and if you want to leave a review for this podcast in the iTunes uh, podcast directory, we would love that. I, I I would be thrilled if you would do that. It would help us uh, get the show more noticeable and help us get uh, ratings and reviews and ultimately get the show view- listenership up to the point where it's sustainable and we can get sponsors. That's really important, guys. I can't stress enough how important that is to keep this show going. So please give us some reviews and ratings in iTunes if you haven't done so. We appreciate, we appreciate you listening, and we would love you if you would do that. So thanks so much, guys. Uh, We'll be back next week with Riddick. Have a good week.